together and just worship him today. Give him a standing ovation. Lord, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for who you are. You are so worthy. You are so worthy. Have your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. So good to see you here this morning. It's such an incredible day, a beautiful day. Would you let our worship team know how much you appreciate them? Leading us in their presence this morning. If you would turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we'll be there. You can just stay there. We're going to be there throughout the morning, uh, this morning. Uh, what do you do when you want to acquire a new skill or figure out how to do something? Probably the answer to that question depends on your age and stage of life and all that kind of stuff. Um, because there was a time where if you wanted to learn something new, you had to like read a book, like you had to get one of these, like how do I do that thing that I want to do? I'm going to get whatever for dummies and I'm going to figure it out. Or you would talk to someone that was a professional in that area and had experience in that field and they would help you. But nowadays, people that are younger than me, they do things a little differently. They don't necessarily go to the book or to the professional. They'll go to YouTube for the answers. Check it out. Feared and revered for centuries. And if you want to be one, we're going to show you how. This is a tutorial on how to. <laughs> this video is going to show you how to learn a backflip in five minutes. How can you live to 100? Today, we're going to be making a magical unicorn cake. Let's get started. Welcome to this instructional video on how to put a uh, kid to bed. Today, I'm going to show you how to make fire with a lemon. Hello, I am here going to teach you how to tie a tie. Today I'm going to talk about how to use a shepherd's sling. Today I'm going to teach you how to eat sushi. Hey guys, my name is Aaron Massey. Today I'm going to show you how to build some super simple DIY triangle shell. How to discuckify your home. Take one. <laughs> I don't know about how things are in your house, but in my house, YouTube channels um, are like a staple because I have kids. And so I know a lot more about YouTube channels and celebrities and these life hacks than I really uh, want to. These videos, though, I, I find out that they exist on YouTube because there's a demand for them. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that go to watch these videos. And people, people do it because they want to find something that can help them. They want to figure out how to do it themselves or how they can do it all. And the topics that they cover range from the smallest, seemingly most insignificant things in life all the way to the really, really important things. My early childhood and teenage years were not what you would call typical uh, by any means. My parents were missionaries. I grew up overseas for a time in Central America and then for many years in Central Africa. When I graduated high school and returned to the States for college, I realized that I, while I had some amazing experiences and opportunities that a lot of people never get to have, there were a lot of things I just didn't know. There were things I didn't understand or couldn't relate to because they hadn't been part of my life. There were entire topics of conversation that I knew nothing about, nothing at all. And I desperately just wanted to fit in and kind of be normal. I feared getting into a conversation with people and saying something dumb or putting my foot in my mouth. And that insecurity and desire for acceptance was a huge giant in my life. Maybe today you struggle with a different giant. Could be addiction, or drugs, alcohol, tobacco, pornography, or sexual addiction. Could be eating, or spending, or lying. And maybe you've tried to quit, and you've told yourself over and over again 
that you're going to quit, you're going to stop, you're going to make changes. You've made promises to God and other people, and you've asked for forgiveness, but you find the desire too strong. The temptation is too much to overcome. Your desire and commitment to change are overruled as you repeatedly find yourself giving into it again and again. Maybe to the point that you don't even like to talk about it anymore. It's become an off-limits topic. You get defensive when anyone brings it up. Your significant other knows that they're never to talk about it. It's become the biggest obstacle in your life. It's a giant. Maybe your giant isn't addiction or a habit, but maybe something that happened to you or someone that hurt you. Maybe you suffered a major hurt and someone treated you wrong. As a result, you struggle with, with anger and bitterness and unforgiveness or depression and low self-esteem. Your relationships have suffered. Maybe your sleep has suffered. Your health has suffered. That past hurt is a huge, giant obstacle keeping you from moving forward. Still others of you, you face a natural enemy. A person in your life is determined to destroy you. You've tried to respond in a Christ-like manner, but their lies and threats and insults and false accusations have worn you down. This person has become a giant obstacle in your life. And every time you think of them, there's a million emotions that resurface. And as much as you want to overcome it, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. Some of you are facing a financial giant. It doesn't look like there's a way out. It could be your fault the result of poor choices and habits or mismanagement, or it could be no fault of your own. But regardless, this financial giant looks like it'll never be defeated in your life. You've tried everything that you can think of, but nothing has worked. There's other giants, and I could never really name them all. You don't have to, because every person in this room right now already knows their giant before I ever mentioned it. We all face challenges and temptations Yesterday evening, I posted a question on my Facebook page asking people about recurring struggles or battles in their lives. And in just a short time, there were dozens and dozens of answers with many more coming in even this morning. We all face giants. Yours may be the giant of grief because you lost someone that you loved and cared about very deeply. You live with a cloud of loss and despair and you can't get past it. It's there every single day. Many of you have suffered an illness or with a disease that you've suffered with for many years and it's become a part of your life and you've accepted that it will be with you forever. Still for others of you, there's a recurring issue in your family and it feels like it'll never be resolved. It's a giant in your life. We don't have time to explore them all, but there's many others. Self-esteem, greed, gluttony, lust, food addictions, eating disorders, bitterness, anger, resentment, the need to please others, gambling, gossip, infidelity, a hot temper, the list goes on and on and on. I don't know what your giant is and I don't have to. Maybe I didn't name your specific giant, but you know what it is. The major giant that you would like to overcome, the huge thing that's holding you back. What is the one obstacle or the one temptation or the one sin that's keeping you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life. If you could pick one area in your life to overcome a habit or a tendency or a weakness, what would that be? What's the huge obstacle in your path? What's the thing that's keeping you from what you know that God is calling you to? Today we're going to look at a story that's well known and it's captivating. It's compelling, so compelling to the point that people that don't even go to church and never have, they've heard about it. 
and they know the story well. It's used in sports to describe the ultimate underdog. It's been preached about millions of times. The story of David and Goliath, the most famous battle in the New Testament that wasn't fought between two armies, but between two people. For many of you, David is probably one of your favorite characters in the Bible, and and with good choice. David was called a man after God's own heart. The Bible dedicates 66 chapters to telling his story. That's more than anyone else in the Bible other than Jesus himself. The New Testament mentions his name 59 times. And yet David had a giant to defeat before he could step into all that God had for him. If David had to deal with the giant, then it should come as no surprise that we will as well. When you look at the odds of a little shepherd boy conquering a giant soldier, it's easy to be impressed by David. But more so when you realize and look at the story and you see how much bigger it was than just one giant soldier. By defeating Goliath, David would be conquering obstacles to his future. Obstacles to his potential and his calling and his anointing. He was bridging the gap between his sheep-keeping reality in the present and his God-ordained future. We're going to look at this story over the next six weeks because you have to find a way to defeat the biggest giant in your life, just like David did in his. The giant has to come down. The unforgiveness, the addiction, the hurt, whatever it is in your life, you cannot allow this giant to defeat you. You'll never reach your kingdom potential until you first overcome and defeat your giant. I want us to do one thing before we move on any further in the service. I want you to take your worship guide or, or notebook or your phone or whatever it is that you have that you jot notes in. I want you to write down the name of the giant that you need to defeat. This is just between you. I'm not going to expose that. I don't want to see it. It's, it's just between you and God in this moment. I want you to write down the name of the giant. Write it down. My giant is, then put there what it is. You know what it is you're dealing with, but it's it's something that that needs to happen. You need to identify what it is. It could be a habit, a person, or a problem. Write it down. I'm going to be very upfront with you from the very start of the sermon series. At some point over the next six weeks, I want to see you decide to take on that giant. Then I want you to confront and overcome the biggest challenge in your life so that it controls you no more. Some of you think that's not possible. It's been a part of your life for too long. Others of you, you're ready for the challenge. You're excited. You're like, I was just waiting for someone to suggest that to me. Let's do it. This is your day. Regardless of whether you're hopeful or hopeless, I want to give you the information about the big challenge you face with the bigger God who will help you overcome. With God's help, I believe that many of you will take on the biggest challenge or struggle in your life and you'll get victory over this enemy. And I've already been praying for it to happen. I believe it's going to happen. I've been asking God, God, over the next six weeks, would we see giants fall in front of our church? Would there be obstacles in people's lives that have been there for years that would come down? If you want to be one of those people, I want to ask you to really focus in over these next six weeks. Don't miss one of these sermons. If you have to be out of town, you've got to go for some reason, watch it online or download it from our podcast and listen to it later. I want you to get these messages. I want you to hear them. You need to hear what God's going to speak to you over the next six weeks. Secondly, I want, to t- I want you to take the passage of scripture from this story, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I want you to read it several times. I want you to study it. 
Yes, I'm going to preach from it, and we're going to look at it over the next six weeks, but I want you to read it on your own and allow God to speak to you through it as well because I believe there's principles that God wants to bring to life in your life specifically for the giant that you are facing. So I want you just to earmark, bookmark, whatever you got to do, 1 Samuel chapter 17, maybe you screenshot it, whatever you want to do, but I want you to focus in on that over the next several weeks and allow God to speak to you through it. So our story is found in 1 Samuel 17. You can turn there and just keep it open because we're going to be there throughout this message. The first few verses really set it up for us. It says that the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Socha in Judah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and they camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with a valley in between them. Now, the Valley of Elah was a huge canyon about a mile wide. I've never been there. I've seen this picture in just a few weeks. I'm going to be there with several of you that are in the service right now because we're taking a trip to the Holy Lands. And one of our stops is the Valley of Elah where David killed Goliath. And that's the picture you see on the screen. At the bottom of the canyon between the slopes is a stream. So on one side of the canyon, you have the army of Israel. And on the other side of the canyon, you have the army of the Philistines. And they faced each other looking over this giant ravine. And anything that happened in the bottom could be seen by every member of both armies. But David isn't on the scene yet, but this is where we first meet his giant. It says in verse 4 that a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was over nine feet tall. Now scholars actually believe that Goliath was right around nine foot nine inches tall. Could you imagine what that would have been like if you would have played basketball? I mean, Shaq was seven foot one inches tall, and, and he had shoes that were size 22. Could you imagine how big Goliath's shoe size would have been? I mean, it's hard getting shoes for my son, but like imagine like size 30 shoe, please. I'll take three of those. Yeah, it's just crazy. I want to illustrate for you what this might have been like. So I'm going to need uh, a couple of volunteers. Um, why don't uh, you come, Victor, and uh, let's see. Josh, can you help out too? We're going to show you what this must have been like. So, Josh, I'm going to have you hold the ladder so that okay. nothing crazy happens for us. I'm going to kind of face it this way. All right, go ahead and, and climb up the ladder. We're, this is our giant right here. So we're looking for nine foot nine inches. I'm about six foot tall, so that's probably about right. I don't know if these ceilings are quite ten feet, so we're we're getting close to nine foot nine inches there. So I've never ever in my life have I been described as a small guy, but I can tell you if I was to go up against someone that's that big, I would probably be scared. I would I would not be excited about going up against someone that big. I want you to listen to what it says. You can just hang out there for a moment, <laughs> literally. I mean, imagine how big of a human this was. Verse 5 says he had a bronze helmet on his head, and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. What does that mean? Not only was he big and strong, but Goliath had 125 pounds of armor. He had a belt that was 55 inches in size. What are you, like 40, 38, 36? 34. 34. I was getting there. 34. Could you imagine being a 55? How big a wide? That's like almost two of you. And it says this in verse 6. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin that was slung on his back. 
His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. So he's huge. He has heavy, extensive armor. And now we're getting into the weapons. The head of his spear weighed 15 pounds. Can you imagine how huge that must have looked? Would you give a hand to our giant? And his helper. His, his uh, ladder bearer. That's awesome. Good job. Thanks, guys. Goliath had all of the things to impress and intimidate. Not only did he have the armor and the weapons, he had a completely separate guy that would go in front of him with a huge shield to defend him from, from arrows and other attacks. This is in addition to his own body armor. If you would have been there that day looking up at Goliath, you would have been scared spitless at the thought of fighting him, just like everybody else was. Unless you were there that day and you were 11 feet tall, right? Because the guy that's 11 feet tall, seeing a guy that's 9 feet tall, just kind of looks like a wimp. Like he was looking down at me. Giants are a matter of perspective. What's a giant look like in your life? Anything bigger than you. If you were there that day and you were 11 feet tall, then Goliath being 9 foot 9 inches wouldn't scare you because he wouldn't be bigger than you. How many of you have ever been on an airplane? Most people when you take off or you land, how do you look out the window and you look down and what do you see around you? What do you see down there? Ants. Little ants, right? You see little ants. How many of you ever played with micro machines? That was me. I love me. I'm the only person here that played like micro machines, like forget Hot Wheels. Those are huge. Micro machines are these little bitty tiny cars. And that's what every time I, I look down from a plane and I see the cars driving around. I think of micro-machines. I'm like, look at those little toys. Look at those little ant people. Do you ever look down from a plane and think, oh, that guy's huge. I'm scared of him. No. You're like, that guy's tiny. I can take him out. Look, right, right there. He's gone. It's all because of perspective. At age two, potty training seems like an impossible challenge. But by this point in your life, the most of you are at here, you, for the most part, have that under control. As you get older... There's other obstacles that come, riding a bike without training wheels. It's a challenge, but then boom, you get it. Everything's great. You get a little older, you go to middle school, and you try to figure out girls. You may be stuck on that one for a long time. Some giants last longer than others. I'm still working on it. Giants are all about your perspective. What seems like a giant now may not look like one later. Have you ever been trying to overcome... A giant. Maybe you're trying to quit smoking and a well-meaning friend tells you, well, why don't you just quit? <laughs> or you want to lose weight and your spouse says, well, you'd lose weight if you quit eating so much. <laughs> well, thanks. You're trying to get over grief and well-meaning people tell you, well, you just need to move on. That's, that's all you got to do. And these people aren't helping. In fact, you just want to punch them in the mouth. <laughs> it's not fun when people act like your biggest challenge is no big deal. They do that because other people's giants never look as big. Your problems don't look as big to me. My problems don't look as big to you. It doesn't look like a giant from here. Now, my problem seems huge to me. That's human nature. My issue is a giant. Your issue, not so much. Giants are a matter of perspective. And if you keep focusing on the size of your giant, that's all you'll ever see. But if you focus on the size of your God, then you begin to see that giant become a dwarf because all of a sudden... That giant's a big baby compared to your God because giants 
We're all about perspective. Sometimes we get embarrassed by the giants in our life. You think other people will laugh if they know your struggle. What will people think if they know that I struggle with that in my life? You don't want to look weak or small. Remember that everyone has a giant to fight. Verse 8 says that Goliath stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Now listen, this is really interesting. Israel's enemies up to this point had always recognized them as servants of God, but now they recognize them as servants of Saul. One big man was all it took to intimidate an entire nation. Why? Because Israel wanted a king that they could see. They wanted somebody to lead them. God leading them was no longer good enough. They wanted a king. Israel had forgotten the size and the strength of their God. They used to follow God, but now they followed a man. There's something there for us to learn. It's a powerful principle that giants seem even bigger when you're not following God. Proverbs 14.34 says that God devotion makes a country strong, but God avoidance leaves people weak. When you're not in tune with God, the giants are harder to defeat. They seem even bigger. I can't imagine facing major challenges in life without God's help. Why would anyone want to do that? Why do people do that? Why would you choose to go to battle by yourself instead of having the creator of the universe by your side? Some of you have been fighting the same battle for what seems like forever, and it's because you're not in the right relationship with God. Your giant seems unconquerable and huge, bigger than you, and that's because it is. On your own, you don't stand a chance. Your challenge is bigger than you, but it's not bigger than God. Giants are bigger when you're not following God. Every day, the giant Goliath yelled, Choose a man and have him come out to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. Goliath was suggesting something that was very common in that day. A a representative battle. It was a one-on-one fight. Goliath would represent the Philistine army, and whoever Israel chose to fight would represent their army. And they would have a one-on-one battle. Whoever won, his army won. Whoever lost, his army lost. It was an efficient way to do battle. Instead of lining up thousands of people facing each other and just killing each other until until whoever had people still standing, they would do this instead. And so Goliath says, give me a man. But no one wanted to be that guy. Verse 11 says, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. It's amazing that an entire army is paralyzed by one giant soldier. There was an army of soldiers trained to fight, and no one is willing to fight. They were dismayed and terrified. I I can imagine. If I have to fight this guy, I'm going to be pretty scared. Giants intimidate with words. They're loud. They threaten to destroy you. Then they intimidate you with with their size. And then you begin to think of the possible consequences if you fail. You and I know how the story ends, so it's easy for us to point fingers and say, why didn't any of the army of Israel go out and fight this guy? Because you and I have never stood in front of a soldier that's nine foot, nine inches tall, that has a shield bearer and has a 15 pound spearhead and wants to, to destroy you. If you and I were there, we probably would have done the same as everyone else. You and I would have been at the back of the ranks hiding behind another guy. 
Why don't you go? Why don't you go? Someone else needs to go. When I asked you a few minutes ago to identify your giant, the one thing holding you back from your God-given potential, it was probably intimidating. It's scary to think about needing to lose 40 pounds. It's intimidating thinking about trying to overcome addictions. It's not easy dealing with a habit that you've had for so long like lust. It's intimidating thinking about trying to conquer the one problem that's held you back forever. Facing giants is intimidating. But look at me anyways. I want you to face that giant. Saul and the Israelites were terrified. That's how fear works. Saul was terrified, so his armies and his followers were terrified. Giants thrive on fear, and fear is contagious. If the crowd that you hang around fears giants and is intimidated by them, then you will also fear giants. Instead, spend some time with some winners. If you want to defeat your giant, find people who've already defeated that same giant and spend time with them. If you want to defeat the giant of alcoholism, then don't go to the bar. Don't hang around with other alcoholics. Spend time with people who've defeated that giant. If you want to lose weight, then don't spend time with people that are facing the same giant and refuse to look it in the eye. Spend time with a person that's lost 80 pounds. If you want to get out of debt and have better financial habits, then don't spend time with people that go out maxing out their credit cards and binge spending. Instead, you need to come next Sunday at 10 o'clock and go to the Financial Peace University, or you need to surround yourself with people that have good financial management principles. The class that is going on at 10 a.m., it's an incredible class. Scott and Sanja are, are leading that class, and it's an incredible way for you, regardless of your age or stage in life. Maybe you're just starting out and you're trying to figure out how to manage financial principles, or, or maybe you've, you've already blown it, and you're like, how do I get back on track? I encourage you, come check it out next Sunday at 10 a.m. You need to spend time with giant defeating champions, and your strength and your courage will increase. Verse 16 says that for 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and every evening, and he took his stand. Goliath didn't just show up one time and issue a challenge and then leave. Every morning and every evening. He marched out and he flaunted his size and his strength. He defied the armies of Israel. Probably in the beginning, the Israelites thought they would just wait him out. Surely he's going to get bored and he's going to leave. He's a champion. He's done this before. They're going to need him somewhere else. They're going to put a transfer in. Let's ignore him and maybe he'll go away. But no, every morning and every evening, there he was. Just like the giants that we face so often. They don't just come once. They come every day, day after day, relentlessly trying to intimidate. They come in the form of a person, a pressure, or a worry. You try to ignore your giant and pretend like it isn't there. Unfortunately, you're not going to wake up one day and discover that it's gone. Giants don't leave on their own. They have to be defeated. To defeat your giant, you're going to have to fight. Just if you go ahead and come. It's going to be tough, but fight anyway. It might be ugly, but fight anyway. Don't wait for the giant to leave. Fight now. Fight today. If defeating your giant matters, start now. What is it that's Goliath in your life? Start today. In fact, start right now. Too many times we think we have to wait until January or the start of a new month or, or a new week. How many times have you said that you're going to go on a diet starting tomorrow or starting Monday or starting some other time? And how many times has that really worked out for you? If it matters now, start now. 
It's time to fight the giant. Some of you are already convincing yourself that you're going to start fighting the giant in five more weeks. You can't start now because you haven't heard the whole sermon series yet. You need six weeks to get all the information, line it up, and then you'll see if you still feel like fighting at that time. Come on, enough of that. Start fighting. Each week you're going to get more principles that will help you, but it's the time to stand and fight is now. The giant's not going away on its own. The giant has to be defeated, and it's not going to be defeated until you come to a place in your life where you say, I'm going to face my giant. I'm going to stop hiding. I'm going to stop waiting him out. I'm going to stop pretending like he's just going to go away one morning. I'm going to stop waiting for someone else to step up and face my giant. It's time for you to decide, I'm going to face my giant now. That giant stands between you and your health. It stands between you and your purpose, between you and your destiny or your God-given potential. I don't know what would have happened if David hadn't fought his, his giant, his Goliath. But I don't think he ever becomes the king that he was anointed to be. I don't think he ever steps into all that God has for him and his purpose unless he faces that giant that day. We think it's the same for you and I in our lives. If we don't step up and face our giant, we're missing out on our potential and our destiny and our purpose and all that God has for us because there's a giant standing in the way. Fight now. Start today. It's beyond time to fight. At the end of 40 days of intimidation and taunting, the Israelites were at the end of their resources and at the end of their strength. They were a defeated army before the battle had even been fought. They had no champion. No one was willing to face the giant, and they were about to discover God's champion and God's way out. They had no clue before that. The sun rose on the 41st day, just like any other day, and that's often how it happens. Snow big epiphany moment that's required. There's no warning. It just seems like any other day. But day 41 was something different. It was the 40, 41st day of Goliath's challenge, and it would be the last day of his life and the first day of David's heroic leadership journey. There was no announcement. There was no angelic choir that declared that something was going to happen. They just woke up and went to church like any other Sunday. But it was a different day have given up and decided that this is your giant to live with and that you've just settled in that this is your cross to bear but I have another idea for you and one that I like a lot better why not defeat that giant in fact why not right now why not receive your miracle today and you might say I've been praying for years and nothing has ever changed but I want you to remember one thing that this might be your day today might be the day that God's ordained for you to defeat your giant this could be your 41st day Maybe you've been in the valley for a long time and the giant has been intimidating you and it seems like there's no one, no one that can stand up to the giant. It seems like he's unconquerable. God knows the battle that you're in and you're not alone in the fight. God is on your side and you need to begin to put your eyes on him who's greater than the giant in front of you. You say, well, what if I pray and nothing happens? Well, keep praying. Maybe tomorrow is your day. Wake up and say to yourself, today can be my day. I'm ready. In a moment and in an instant, everything can change. But you have to make a decision to fight. You have to decide to fight now and fight today. Today can be your day. Giants don't leave on their own. They have to be defeated. Satan's not going to just wake up and decide that he's messed with you long enough. And now he's going to move on and mess with somebody else. It's time 
to take on your giant. No more procrastinating. It's time to fight. You're not on your own. God's on your side. I want you to know that I'm on your side. We'll do this together over the course of the next few weeks, but even beyond that, we're not going to just quit and say, well, six weeks is over. You're on your own now. The sermon series is done. We're moving on to something else. No. It's not the way it works. We will fight with you for a lifetime if we have to, but I believe that God's going to hear the prayer that I've been praying we would see over the next six weeks giants defeated in your lives. Giants that have been reoccurring, that have, have been tormenting you, and you feel like you're on the 40th day of this giant coming out every morning and every evening, and it seems like there's no end in sight. I've been praying, God, would we see giants fall? God, would we see people that are willing to face their giants, not through their own strength, or their own ability, but through God's power, they would see giants fall with the giants that are in front of this church come tumbling down. you just to bow your heads. I want to pray for you. At the start of this message, you wrote down the name of your giant. And if you're ready to fight that giant, I'm going to ask you today just to stand up right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you or draw any attention to you or ask you to come forward in any way. It's just you making the decision saying, today I'm going to fight my giant. Would you just stand right where you are? Stand now. It's time to face the giant. It's time to believe God for him to fall today. And if you're ready to see that happen, I want you to stand up. If you're ready to fight your giant, let's fight together. All across this place, come on, if you're ready to fight, don't miss this opportunity. There's a battle going on in your mind, in your heart, but today can be your day. If you're ready to fight the giant, all of us have giants in our life. Father God, I pray for every person in this room and every person that's watching online and every person that's standing here today believing you that their giant is going to fall. God, I pray that the fight that they start today would be the fight of victory. We believe that as we take a step forward toward our giant, instead of walking away in fear, that we would know that heaven is on our side. God, I pray for those that have struggled with the same issue and the same challenge over and over again. They've tried to conquer the same giant for years. God, whatever addiction has been there, whatever challenge has been there, whatever situation that hasn't changed in the past, today, God, I pray that today, this day would be the day. No more fear, no more intimidation, no more excuses. God, we ask for your help. We thank you for the promise that when we fight, we don't fight alone. God, we come against addiction. We pray that it would be defeated. We come against any attack of the enemy. I pray that healing would be received, that health would be regained, that depression and grief would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that the biggest giants that we face would be overcome, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. But we thank you for victory over the giants. Goliath must fall in Jesus' name. Giants seem bigger when you're not following God. This morning, I want to give you an opportunity. If you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, maybe you never have or maybe you have a long time ago, but you know that when you came in here today, you're not in a right relationship with God. You can't expect him to partner with you against your giants when he's not the Lord of your life, when you're following man instead of God. 
This morning, I want to give you an opportunity. We're going to just pray a simple prayer. There's nothing special or magical about these words. The Bible simply just says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So I'm going to invite everyone here to pray this prayer with me. Regardless of whether you've never prayed it before, this is your first time, or you've prayed it before, but you know you're not in that right relationship, let's make Jesus the Lord of your life. Follow him. Put him first so that you can see the giant defeated in your life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus so that I can have a relationship with you. Today, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe when he died on the cross, he died for my sin. And today I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you, you prayed that prayer, whether the first time or or you're just making things right, you know you've walked away from the right relationship with the Lord, would you just slip your hand up right where you are and just say, today I prayed that prayer and made Jesus the Lord of my life. Is there anyone here today that prayed that prayer and made things right between me and the Lord? Thank you, sir. Is there anyone else that prayed that prayer today and made Jesus the Lord of my life? Anybody else today? That's awesome. Would you put your hands together and just thank God for what he's done and what he's been able to do? giant. We've got some tools up here I'd love to make available. Just a couple of little books that will help you in your relationship with the Lord. This is the first step in your relationship with Him of saying, God, I'm putting you first in my life. I'm sorry, but it's not where it ends. New life in Christ is about a, a journey every day. You need to surround yourself with the right people. You need to continue going after God. If you made a decision today, share that with somebody. Let them know what God has done in your life. Let's take a moment. I'm going to ask Jesse just to lead us in this song for just a moment. And would you just in your own words make a personal declaration? Just talk to the Lord. Invite him to come and be a part of this fight. You can't do it on your own. You're going to need his strength and his power to fight your giant. Let's just take a moment and feel this as he leads us in this song.
we will see you do it. We believe that we're going to see giants fall, that Goliath will come down in people's lives. And we're going to see it happen again and over and over and over again. Lord, give us the courage to stand and fight. Give us the courage to face our Goliath, to not back down, to defeat the giant. Trust and believe that giants will fall. Jesus, we love you. We're so thankful that you're here and a part of what God's doing here. And we're just believing that we're going to see it happen. And as it does, we, we do want to hear about it. We want you to share. Don't just share with me or a couple people. Share it. Let people know what God has done in your life. I believe in the next six weeks, we're going to see miracles happen. We're going to see things that people have struggled with for years, broken off them and defeated. We're going to see people have victory.